Hello there, welcome to Jubes and Curd, the podcast of my show on GB News. My name's Michelle Jubery, and you can catch me live every weekday evening from 6 till 7pm. But worry not, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Jubes and Curd. Keeping me company until 7 o'clock tonight, we've got the former MEP Baroness Jacqueline Foster and the Labour councillor Pamana Assad and journalist Benedict Sp- We'll also be crossing live to Westminster throughout the programme, uh, interviewing a variety of people for their thoughts. Crucially, though, you know the drill on Jubes & Co. It's not just about us here. It's really important to me to understand how you currently feel. What a shambles, isn't it? Or do you think this is wonderful? It's working. Get him out. It's really, really important to me to know how you feel. So get in touch. You can email me, gbviews at gbnews.uk, or you can tweet me at michellejubes at gbnews, or you can subscribe if you haven't already to things like our app. Uh, We've got podcasts, we're on YouTube, we're absolutely everywhere. And if you're sitting there now thinking, yes, I can't uh, miss this programme, but I've got to go out, worry not. Take me with you on the radio, DAB Plus. Wherever you are tonight, you are very welcome indeed. Uh, Let's start with an update, shall we? Because, I've got to say, the goings-on today have been quicker than a quick thing from Quickland. Uh, Political editor Darren McCaffrey is at Westminster for us tonight. Darren, it's been a very complicated, fast-moving day today. But if you can, just try and kind of summarise the main points for anyone that might have just decided to give the news a miss today. Yeah, and it must be fair to say, Michelle, the day is far from over. I'll do where we are right now and try and work my way back, if that's OK. So right now inside Downing Street, we know there is a whole assemble of cabinet ministers. We've seen some of them walk in through the front door. Others have gone in through at the back. Some of them, quite a few of them, are now calling for the prime minister to go. Everyone from Priti Patel, the home secretary, we believe, uh, to Grant Shapps, the transport secretary, maybe even Nadim Zahari, the recently appointed chancellor, he's been in the post less than 24 hours, are now effectively telling the prime minister the game is up. There are, though, some, we spoke to Nadine Doris, the culture secretary, on the way in, who want to see the prime minister fight on. But in the end... It is looking increasingly likely that the game is up for the Prime Minister. Why do I say that? Because many of those Cabinet Ministers, including Michael Gove, and he's let this be known publicly, says he will resign if the Prime Minister does not go. So that is why it's looking very, very, very tricky indeed tonight for Boris Johnson. Also in the last couple of minutes, Sir Graham Brady, who is he? He's chair of the 1922 committee. What is that? That is the governing body of the Conservative Party. Those, or He's the man, essentially all the MPs write to, try and spark a confidence vote. We believe he's just gone in essentially to a building around the corner that's connected to number 10. Is he delivering the news to the Prime Minister that now a majority of the parliamentary party simply no longer have confidence in him? That if it came to a vote, the Prime Minister would lose. And this comes after an incredible day in British politics, an incredibly difficult day for the Prime Minister. One that started with a pretty torturous Prime Minister's question time, that ended with uh, Sajid Javid, the former Health Secretary, providing a very damaging speech in which he essentially questioned the Prime Minister's integrity, saying that enough is enough. We have seen dozens and dozens and dozens of ministerial uh, resignations. Uh, Some of those letters very difficult to read for Boris Johnson. Many 
frankly saying it's gone too far. And then also we had this incredible moment where he spent two hours in front of MPs and senior MPs and Commons facing yet more difficult questions. We're going to keep an eye on what happens tonight, Michelle. But you know what? It could happen tonight. Let's be clear about that. It is possible. It depends what Boris Johnson will do. He's, he said he's not going to go. He says he doesn't want to go. He says he's not prepared to go. But it is possible that those cabinet voices may be too much to ignore. Fascinating stuff. Darren, I need to move on. But before I do, very, very quick answer to this. I can hear, we can all hear lots of yelling uh, going on. I can only assume that that is people mm. at the gates of Downing Street that are angry, protesting. I don't know. What are they, what's the sentiment there on that street from the public? Yeah, indeed. So at one end, we've got uh, essentially lots of protesters on this side of the Foreign Office blaring music at certain points. And there are, you know, possibly up to 100 people. Now, I suspect some of them are tourists. But yes, some protesters uh, who frankly want the Prime Minister to go shouting down the street. And also, I mean, there are, you know, 100, 150 journalists here as well broadcasting from Downing Street tonight. This is a big moment in politics, British politics, a big moment for journalism, but also a big moment for the public, uh, for those that like and dislike the Prime Minister. Indeed, and I'm, I'm laughing, uh, picturing those uh, tourist faces, probably standing there wondering what on earth is going on. That is the million-dollar question, isn't it? Darren, thank you very much for your time. Right, let's cross over to College Green in Westminster right now and speak with Conservative MP Tom Hunt. Uh, Tom, good evening to you. Uh, you are indeed uh, one of the intake of 2019. I'm going to be quite uh, blunt here. You've got Boris Johnson to thank uh, for being in power, you yourself having a job. Why are you now against him? I think that's an interesting uh, take from the general election 2019. <clears throat> I think clearly, um, you know, I think Boris Johnson of 2019, uh, I think he was a formidable campaigner in that election. I think the campaign slogan, get Brexit done, was an incredibly powerful slogan. I think people were absolutely sick of the Brexit impasse. I think they're also pretty terrified by a prospect of Jeremy Corbyn being Prime Minister. So I think there was lots of different factors that contributed uh, towards the 2019 general election result. But ultimately, we are where we are now with the parliamentary party we have and um, with the, the trouble we have in Parliament and the various issues that we seem to crop up week by week. And I think a growing number of colleagues have frankly come, become fed up of defending them. Yeah, um, let me ask you this. I mean, we're talking here about changes to the 1922 committee, whatever. I mean, who knows what's going to happen there. But if Boris uh, does not resign, he stays in his position, um, you know, the rules are not changed on the 1922 or all the rest of it there, would you back him if he continues in his post? Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I think the extent of the resignations today, and I mean, I've just been in the 1922 committee meeting and I can, you know, there is a... There is a pretty much a consensus view that I detected in that room that this can't go on and, and the Prime Minister should resign. Um, I hope, frankly, that, that that comes forth tonight or maybe even tomorrow. If it doesn't, um, the 1922 executive have expedited the contest for the new executive and that will take place on Monday. Um, and I suspect that the outcome of that election will be in one direction. And, um, and I think, but I hope, I hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. I think it's pretty clear that as it stands right now, you know, the Prime Minister doesn't have um, the support of the parliamentary party. Quite frankly, I don't think he really has the support of uh, potentially the majority of his own government. Hunt, uh, purely just for sound reasons, it's quite noisy where you are. I'll leave that there, but thank you very much for your time. Uh, let me bring in you, Baroness Foster. Uh, you see, uh, you know, I was about to say what I think, but you know what? I'll stop.
You tell me, what do you think? Well, um, I've been around the party for 35 years. I cut my teeth on hard left politics in the trade union. So I think I've sort of read the book and seen the film when we look at difficult situations. Uh, in this particular case, I think the last time we'd witnessed really such a vitriolic uh, attack and personal attack on a leader of our party and a prime minister was Margaret Thatcher. It takes me back to that time at the end of her um, being prime minister. And um, I'm furious. I'm not surprised. I remember at the O2 when we, um, the majority selected um, Boris as the leader of the party. And, um, and it was, I think, made pretty clear not long after that, that there were those who were not really going to let that lie. And it's very sad to say, I think there's been an extended witch hunt. I think it's never let up. And I think there has been an agenda um, from certain quarters, um, the opposition, obviously the opposition, the opposition. Um, I think what's disappointing to me that it's been in my own party. Um, as someone who spent uh, 20 years in the European Union uh, and 15 in the European Parliament, um, I supported Brexit. Um, he's delivered as much as he can so far with Brexit. It was hugely important that we had a leader of the party who was on that page. Um, we then were followed up with COVID. Uh, not one job in the public sector over the last two years was lost because of the decisions made by the prime minister, along with obviously other cabinet ministers. So um, I'm not saying in a million years that everything that has been done has been right um, or correct. There's always hindsight's easy. You can always do some things better. Um, but you're, if you're not allowed to govern, if you're not allowed to make the decisions, if every time you turn around there is more and more personal criticism and he's accepted when he's made an error and he's always most courteous to people which I, I find astonishing some of the language that's used been used against him from opposition as well um, so we are where we are and I like you have followed what's gone on today and uh, there's a huge number of colleagues I would suggest that they uh, are careful what they wish for there isn't somebody that's sitting there in this party who has some automatic right to become the leader of our party, the country and the members of the Conservative Party in the constituencies might have something to say about that. Uh, and notwithstanding, we had an 80 seat majority and the people of this country gave us that. And the people of this country are entitled to have a view about who they think should lead this party to. Um, obviously, Perman, I know you'll be on the complete opposite side of that fence for much of what uh, Jacqueline just said, but before I bring you in, you, uh, Benedict, <laughs> yo, you, you know, you guys are essentially, in theory at least, uh, you and Jacqueline, on the same side. So mm. do I take it then that you agree with what you just heard from Jacqueline? There's a lot of what Jacqueline said is true. In fact, most of it is true. That doesn't alter the fact that the Conservative Party is and always has been a nest of vipers full of very ambitious people, full of people that have very different views on things like Europe. And that Boris Johnson knew when he got into this, uh, when he got into this position of uh, immense power and authority, that he was going to have people stood behind him the entire time waiting for him to fall over. He knew he was going to have to be uh, very, very efficient, a very you know, a good prime minister if he was going to last the distance. In many ways, I'm surprised that he has lasted this long because actually at so many turns on a personal level, he has let you know the, the failings of his character sort of eh, intervene in his running of government. I mean, you know, everything from you know the wallpaper to the Owen Patterson affair, all of this is stuff that could have been avoided. That is what is so incredibly frustrating for so many um, of us on the right, 
is that Boris Johnson, because, of course, he, you know, he, he rode into power on the idea of getting Brexit done, Brexit was the idea of doing politics in a very different way with far more accountability, far more sovereignty, you know, sweeping away the cobwebs and actually a fresh approach to things. And he managed to do that by getting rid of Theresa uh, May's stalemate that she had and, you know, having this majority. Things were going to be different. We were going to be moving away from coalition politics from all that sort of thing. And he's managed to massively let the side down. And I will take the point, a lot of people will come out and say, well, there was the pandemic. The pandemic did not necessitate him having to break the rules that he put in place. The pandemic did not necessitate uh, the idea that he, you know, he, he's been, he, he feels he's been able to lie to the public. Um, you know, I think he would have been forgiven for a lot more of these things if it wasn't for the fact that he let you know, the, these sort of personal failings get in the way. And what actually do we have to show for it? You know, there are no real tangible conservative uh, end products, I think, from his time in government, even though he has had carte blanche to do it, and as has been pointed out, a very large majority with which to do it. There, you know, there, there is an appetite for sort of a conservative revival in this country, be it in education, be it in business, be it with our relationship with the European Union. Boris Johnson has failed steadfastly and wholeheartedly to manage any of that. And realistically, you know, as much as I was a supporter of his at the start, in that I thought that he was going to change things, he, I think he has to go. I think, it, I think it's done. It's time. Well, I don't know if it was something that one of you two said or what, um, I said that this was a very fast-moving situation. It was 36 resignations uh, when I started this show a mere 20 minutes ago. If you can read, uh, you'll see on the screen that that number has jumped to 38. So we've had two just while we've been on our... Uh, David uh, Dugoid, I think you say, trade envoy for Angolia and Zambia. James Sunderland, the, PP, the pa uh, parliamentary private secretary for the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. Uh, they've just put their resignation in. I don't mean to be blunt, but most people won't have even have heard of, I mean, I want to say half of the 38. I'd probably go a bit further than that. I'd say most of the 38. Uh, so does this matter? <laughs> Me neither. Hello, Pimana. Why do I suspect you might have a completely different view to pretty much everything you've just heard? So I think that, you know, I've never been a supporter of Boris Johnson, even before he became prime minister when he was mayor of London. Uh, I didn't think that his jokes were funny, but clearly there were people out there who did find him funny. And most people sometimes said to me that that's the reason why they voted for him. But I think the joke is over now. Um, it's, it's, we're, we're in a serious situation where our country is facing incredible challenges, not only the cost of living, but we've got a war on our doorstep in Europe with Russia invading Ukraine. We've got people who are struggling to pay their energy bills. We've got people who are struggling to put food on the table. We've got people who are struggling to even find jobs or to keep their, their, their jobs secure. But we've seen this prime minister through so many scandals, Partygate from the PP fiasco to COVID-19 to the by-election losses that have come about because there's members of the Conservative Party who have been accused of morally corrupt things, i.e., you know, sexual harassment to watching pornography in Parliament from various other things. Over the last nearly 14 years that the Conservatives have been in power, we've seen cuts literally impacting communities up and down this country that have teared apart our social, you know, contract with, with a lot of communities. And I'm really surprised that out of all of this, you know, there's people out there, Conservatives themselves, saying that the Prime Minister is acting against the interests of the British people. A YouGov poll today said 69% 
of Britons want the Prime Minister to resign. And I think the Sajid Javid is on a point here. Enough is enough. The Prime Minister is up to his neck in sleeves and scandal. This is a mess. It's time to go. The government needs to actually do its job and it's not doing its job right now, which is to serve the British public and he's not doing that. Yeah, I mean, lest we forget, by the way, that, of course, we've got an opposition uh, leader that's been investigated by the police himself. So, I mean, the whole thing is an absolute shambles. And, you know, one of the things that I think is incredibly sad, actually, is that in the 2019 general election, a lot of people felt quite politically homeless. They didn't um, have a natural inclination to be so engaged politically. Uh, they decided they was motivated, galvanised, if you will, whether it was Brexit or whatever it is. And Brexit was the, uh, sorry, Boris was the person that they put their trust into. They wanted Boris to be the prime minister. And people will come back at that and say, oh, Michelle, you know, you don't understand. We don't have a presidential system here. You vote for your MP, not the prime minister. But that's not the sentiment that a lot of people had when they put their X in the box. They put their X in the box because of Boris Johnson. And I just think it is such a shame what's going on right now, because I suspect, and I can see your emails flying in, so I'll be reading some of those out in a second, but I know that a lot of you will be sitting there, you'll be maybe frightened right now financially, what, the, what is the future going to hold? These are terrible times, and the fact that we're sitting here focusing again on should Boris Johnson stay or should he go? On the other side of the coin, you've got Keir Starmer being investigated by the police. It's appalling. And I think it's shameful for all politicians on all sides. And I want to know, where do you stand on it? GBviews at gbnews.uk is the email. Lots of you getting in touch already. Dam says, Michelle, we voted Boris in and we shouldn't, he shouldn't be forced out without the public involvement. Uh, Clearan said, the things Boris have done uh, is not follow the promises uh, he made when he was elected, but he is not responsible for every single uh, sexual deviant and problem that is in Parliament. Charles says, as a lifelong Conservative, what I want is a Conservative government implementing Conservative policies, uh, policies and ideologies, not the current regime read, led by Boris. Mark says, um, in his mind, he feels that this is all because uh, Boris has favoured his wife over Dominic Cummings, and that has been the downfall. I tell you what, I forgot about Dominic coming to a split second there. I bet he must be uh, probably second to Keir Starmer, one of the happiest men in Britain right now. He must be sitting there uh, rubbing his hands with glee. It's us, Jacqueline, the electorate, the people that have got, you know, worries, cares, considerations. It's people at home that are anxious about their lives. They are being let down catastrophically well, I, by all of this. Well, look, I, I absolutely agree with you. And what I would say in Boris's defence, what people didn't know, and a lot of people knew in the red wall seats, he is a uh, chaotic, flawed character. That's what he was like when he was mayor of London. And I've lived in London for many years, too. Uh, what was always important, that uh, certainly when he was mayor of London, they had the right people around him. Because uh, he's this great personality, and a lot of politicians, quite frankly, aren't. Um, I mean, that's just a fact. And um, so they obviously did give him the benefit of the doubt. What I will not take is, a, is certainly lectures from opposition parties with regards to behaviour, because certainly there are some in our party, as we've said, two or three of these chaps recently, um, with sort of sexual uh, harassment or whatever they've done, or, and it's been absolute disgrace. Um, you know, we had uh, somebody who's now a citizen, it's still in Parliament, Claudia Webb from the Labour benches. There are others from the SNP. not Labour anymore. And from the Labour benches originally. 
who's sitting in Parliament who, you know, who, who had a, uh, a, a criminal offence. So it's Parliament that needs to look at what it's actually doing across the piece. And that needs to uh, really have strengthen, strengthen uh, what they should do with, with individuals. Where I quite agree is, you know, a prime minister or a... I mean, you, you can't follow your MPs everywhere they go if they go out or if they go in a bar. And I think it's about time as well that um, members of parliament and peers too, they take responsibility for their actions. We're all adults. And mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that the CEO of a company or a manager or whoever it is has to micromanage adults um, and see how they behave, whether they're in work or not. So I think that's a big question. But my final point is on what we've actually, why we're here as well. Uh, we have an issue um, in Ukraine. We know what has happened now with um, prices, world prices on energy, on commodities, on food. And there is, no easy, there is no easy answer to any of this. We know what Putin's agenda is. And uh, they can criticise Boris for all sorts of things. He took hold of this by the reins. And we have led, as the United Kingdom government, in the support that we have given Ukraine. And uh, I think we should continue to do that. And what is so frustrating is while we are trying to deal with that, while we are trying to deal with the aftermath of COVID, 370 billion quid it cost us for three lockdowns. So the economy took an absolute hit to try and get uh, all of this back on track. And there we are in the middle of this uh, awful situation. So that's another reason why I'm absolutely appalled because the public deserve better. Hello there, welcome back to Jubes & Co with me, Michelle Jubery. Keeping me company until 7 o'clock tonight is my panel, former MEP Baroness Jacqueline Foster and Labour Councillor Pamana Assad and also journalist Benedict Spence. Good evening to you three. We're also going to be crossing uh, live over to a variety of people to get their opinions, so let's do exactly that now because joining us is the MP for South West Wiltshire, Andrew Morrison. Good evening to you. Andrew, you are someone that has resigned. You're not backing Boris. Uh, who do you want instead, then? Oh, I'm not going to be drawn on who I want. I think the point is I don't want Boris Johnson. I think he needs to go now. Uh, when he does, we will have a leadership contest where the uh, full talent available will be on display. We'll make our choice then. See, Andrew, I've got to be frank with you. I I've never really known anything like this. You're all coming together. Um, you're, you know, all very, very quick and snappy to say you want Boris out. But when asked a simple question, and everyone wants to know the answer, because if you want to change the Prime Minister in the middle of this uh, topsy-turvy situation that we're in, inflation uh, out of control, cost of living crisis, a war in Europe, if you want to take the decision and the steps to get rid of our Prime Minister, why are you so reluctant to say with whom you would like to replace him? Well, we often change Prime Minister at a time of crisis. Throughout our history, we've done that. We've changed Prime Minister when we've actually been at war, which we're not at the moment. So that really is not an impediment to changing the Prime Minister. But for people like me, and this has been a long burn, we've been increasingly concerned about the behaviour of the Prime Minister, his integrity, his honesty, and the characteristics that have been so painfully displayed over the past several weeks and months now. And it's now come to a head. And now's the, now's the time to make a decision on whether we continue with Boris Johnson to the next general election or whether we change our leader. Uh, in my view, 
uh, that's a no-brainer. We have to change and change now. Yeah, but uh, that's a no-brainer to you, but it also uh, peculiarly seems to be, bizarrely, something that you won't say who you want to have instead. But let's move on from that. Uh, because to many of my viewers, they feel that what's happening now, it's almost people like yourselves putting personal gain, personal vendetta, personal uh, strategies, politics, whatever you want to call it, before the good of the country. Things like what you're just describing there, saying I want him gone, but I'm not going to tell you who I want to uh, replace him. It makes people feel like you're pushing your own agendas for your own benefits rather than what is right thing for the country. How would you respond to viewers who feel like that? Well, yesterday I gave up, gave up a minor post, uh, which I uh, valued very much indeed. I had been doing it for a while and I thought I was doing it well and contributing. And I didn't do that lightly. And my ministerial colleagues who have resigned have resigned a job uh, which uh, attracted a salary and a pension and all the rest of it. And you don't do that lightly. I can assure you of that. What we have in our minds is how we can improve the state of our constituents. That's why we're here. And I'm absolutely gutted that we are spending all our time at the Westminster Village having to obsess about this rather than dealing with things like the cost of living, the energy crisis as best we can, given that it's a global phenomenon. All those issues that are about to hit my constituents like a train and any other leader, any other political leader throughout our history would have been gone way before now, having taken stock of all those things. Boris hasn't done so. His colleagues are in number 10 right now. I hope they are bringing their wise counsel to bear and we'll be getting some news shortly. Morrison, MP for South West Wiltshire. Thank you very much for your time. Benedict, I'm going to come to you on this. Because um, I do, I find it very peculiar um, that people are so quick to say, get him out, get him out, get him out. And then when asked what I think is a very common sense, logical question, well, who do you want then? They clam up. Oh, it's not the right time to have that conversation. Oh, I'm not going to be drawn on that. What do you mean you're not going to be drawn? Well, no, I think... You're proposing to get rid of the Prime Minister. I think that's because uh, different MPs already have different candidates in mind and they don't want to start the gun before their candidate actually wants to do that. I think that that's much more sort of a tactical reason rather than them actually saying that there is nobody, although my personal view is that there aren't many great candidates. Well, who um, would you I'd, back then? I would probably have backed Sajid Javid before he was the one that stuck the knife in, and I think his odds are slightly uh, longer than they would have been. Um, my dark horse, oddly enough, uh, for the last few months was uh, Nadim Zahawi. Um, so, you know, I've, I've got two candidates who have uh, really stuck the boot in um, over the last couple of days. Those would have been the ones that I would have gone for. I mean, yeah, but you look at the odds, and actually they're changing all the time. It was Rishi Sunak this morning. Before we came on air, it was Penny Mordaunt. Who knows who it's going to be by the by the end? And that's because people are playing games. They don't want to throw their hats into the ring too soon, certainly not before the Prime Minister has gone. I would have preferred somebody much earlier to have actually said, yes, I'm prepared to stand up here and, and provide a viable alternative. I think this could have, this whole situation could have been avoided if we'd had that, say, a month ago when we had a, you know, a, a confidence vote. If somebody had said, yes, there are better options rather than the options are Boris or the abyss, then we might not be in this current situation. But we are where we are. Yeah, I do. I just feel it really strongly that people, so many people, it is almost a, a game. It's almost a kind of, how can I prosper? How, what's the best thing for me? Who do I get into bed with, for want of a better phrase, that will benefit me? 
And I think it's wrong. This isn't, it's not a game. A lot of people, I think, would sympathise with that. I certainly sympathise with it. But then you look at the fact that Boris Johnson and his administration were partying during lockdown, were breaking their own rules. They didn't treat things particularly seriously either. So if you want to just say it's all about people playing games, yes, that has largely been the problem with just about every echelon of this government. And ultimately, as much as a lot of people are saying, you know, in your emails, we voted for Boris, you know, Brexit, we wanted change. He has done nothing to suggest that he is in any way, shape or form interested in changing the culture of politics in this country. And that is the thing that really sits very poorly with me. Oh, I vehemently disagree with you and that you, you raised a point and I didn't want, don't want to pertinise. It's very difficult actually doing blue on blue as they say <laughs> in politics. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that um, Sajid Javid, I mean, you mentioned Sajid, um, he resigned as Chancellor of the Exchequer. Yes, he did. It was now his second resignations, and we're all talking about integrity. Well, I mean, and between none of them, that, I don't know what the plan is. I mean, the, the point about Sajid Javid <laughs> resigning was because he didn't want Dominic Cummings to have yeah. large amounts of influence and over number ten. That was Johnson an entirely. But it's well, a very I think interesting. This is a clear way, example <laughs> of the UK being dragged into internal Conservative Party issues constantly. I think Brexit was also an internal Conservative Party issue that was dragged into um, a UK-wide debate. I genuinely I think the do existence think, of so well, many red wall Tory well, seats no, sort of well, proves I, that that's I, not true. Over the last 20 years, I think that has been made a, a UK issue where it wasn't before. Um, but I think that this issue right now, it's putting democracy and trust in politics at risk. What Boris Johnson has done, and you talked about, Baroness Foster, you talked about personality. People knew about Boris's personality. Well, I think it's those kinds of excuses that have led us to this situation. What kind of personality... No, I'm sorry. What kind no, of personality... I'm sorry. What kind of personality appoints someone that they know has serious accusations of sexual harassment against them to a ministerial job? What kind of personality does that? And if we're expecting that from the Prime Minister of this country, what else can we expect? from cabinet ministers and the Conservative Party who have an 80-seat majority who were given a mandate by the people of the United Kingdom and they have shredded that. They have torn that up into shreds. They partied over during COVID. They, they, they haven't done anything for us in this time. Well, there you go. There's our panel thoughts. Joining me now is Labour MP Barry Gardner from Westminster. Good evening to you, Barry. Uh, first question. You know, people here... Uh, are divided, I'll put it mildly, but you guys as Labour, you should be streets ahead, you should be, you know, right up there leading uh, the opposition strength uh, with everything that's been going on. Why haven't you? Why aren't you? Well, look, I, I think if you look at the Prime Minister's record and you look at this government's record, then you'll find that uh, they said that they had a plan for social care, they haven't delivered it. Uh, if you look at what they said previously, that they had a plan to end the deficit, they haven't delivered it. We now have, in fact, the largest debt that this country has ever had in peacetime. Um, so this is a government that is not delivering. It, it's got a, a spiralling cost of living crisis. It, it's got people who are having to use food banks, even though they're in full-time employment. Uh, and you asked me whether the Labour Party could do better. Of course, I would say, yes, we can. But the real test is, what do the country think? And that's why we should now be going to a general election. Um, you want a general election? I mean... <laughs> You've well, got a leader. do you not, and do you not think that the country does? No, I personally, no. Do you not no. think the country wants a general election now? Well, you just, you just uh, well, asked uh, me, you do know, I, I want I think one? No, I don't want one. I want the... Yeah, uh, you don't. I, 
No, okay. I don't think Labour policies are. But are there any? Barry, what, you, what, what, what uh, do you want? You what do you want? Do you want Boris Johnson to continue? Yes, I do. What I want you is see, for none uh, of this ridiculousness to have got to the point that it's got. This has been, in my mind, an absolute witch hunt. I think people have been out for Boris Johnson since day one. Of course, he hasn't helped himself. The uh, Tory parties have been uh, self-harming left, right and centre, and it's ridiculous. You present yourselves as a credible option. So Your leader has been investigated by the police, Sorry, you're Barry. blaming the Conservative Party. Sorry, you, 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 I'm just trying to interpret what you've said to me. You're now blaming the Conservative Party for having Boris Johnson as its leader. But, but you know very well that just a couple of weeks ago, the Conservative Party took a poll on it. Now, 41% of them did not want him to remain as their leader, uh, but actually more people in the Conservative, more Conservative MPs said that they did. Now, it would appear from the resignations that have happened over the past 24 hours that actually now those figures might have changed. Uh, and that's why the 1922 committee uh, of the Conservative Party is actually looking to change the rules so they can run that vote again. But do you think that if they did run it again, they would come to a different conclusion? Or do you think that they would still say, no, Boris Johnson should continue as the Prime Minister of this country, despite the, the opprobrium that he's brought the, the, the party into? Well, I mean, the 1922 committee had an opportunity to make some changes today and chose not to. So let's just pack Boris Johnson for a second. And let me focus on Keir Starmer instead. You want a general election? You want to put to the people, uh, Keir Starmer, a man that's been investigated by the police, Barry. Oh, look, that, that has to be the coldest dish that you've served yet in this interview. The, the idea that you can counterpose Keir Starmer, who today behaved with absolute integrity, who put the country first, that you can counterpose him to Boris Johnson, uh, who has not just been investigated by the police, but actually fined for breaking the law, uh, and, and who most of his... his fellow MPs are, are saying actually cannot be trusted with the high office that he holds. Um, really, to, to try and compare Keir Starmer with Boris Johnson, I think you're on a hiding to nothing. Well, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you, what, I, I'll tell you what I think. I didn't mention Boris. I spoke to you about Keir Starmer. I pointed out very clearly he's been investigated by the police. Your reaction is to laugh. And I've got to point out to you, Barry, many people... No, 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 no. My, my, my reaction was not to that. My, sorry, look, no, please don't try in any way to twist what I said. I laughed at your equation of Keir Starmer and I Boris Johnson. I didn't make an equation. Keir Starmer, a man I just who's said behaved, you've got a leader that's been investigated by the police. It's a, it's a statement of fact. I didn't make any equation. In fact, I said, forget about Boris Johnson, let's focus on Keir. Yeah. He's a leader that's been investigated by the police. But, that was my statement. Your response was to laugh. And, and my, my response was, and so has Boris Johnson, and not only has he been investigated, he's actually been found guilty and issued with a fixed penalty notice for the offence that he committed. So let, let's get it straight. But look, um, I, I believe that the Labour Party has the policies that the people of this country want to see. We would not be allowing four million children in this country to be 
dependent upon food banks in order to eat once every 24 hours. I mean, you have to remember that there are parents at the moment who are refusing to take vegetables from food banks because they can't afford the gas on the cooker to heat them with. You know, we are living here in the, the, the fifth largest economy in the world, uh, and yet the government has got people so ground down, people who are doing a full day's work, you know, five days a week and more, who cannot feed their children properly. And this government has been in charge now for 12 years. You have people in this country who have not seen a real terms pay rise for 12 years, and now they're facing 9% inflation. People are desperate. They want rid of this prime minister and they want rid of this government. And that's why I said that we need a general election. But, um, I mean, if you're so on the side of the workers and all the people that you mentioned, your leader the other day was saying that many of your colleagues wasn't even allowed to stand on picket lines and support those people. So, to me, I think that your party stands for very mixed messages at the moment, Barry, and I don't think I'm alone in my sentiments. Uh, we shall see what the next 24 well, look, I... hours holds. Pardon? Well, um, uh, I, I was very proud and am proud to, to stand on the picket lines of people who feel that the only recourse left to them is to withdraw their labour because they're being faced. Let, let me give you the example of uh, St Monica Trust in, in the southwest. There you have care workers, okay? They're earning about 25 to 30,000 pounds if they're lucky a year. They, they've been told that they need to take a 21% cut in their wages and they're facing 9% inflation. Now that means that next year they would actually be earning 30% less than they're earning this year. They're on strike, they're on the picket line. I'm proud to be able to go down and stand with people like that who are simply withdrawing their labour because they feel that they're being treated unfairly. And I think most of the British public have huge sympathy with them for that. Yeah. Barry, I have to say, I wasn't actually asking you about your uh, views on picket lines. I was pointing out Keir Starmer's, and again, there's a big contradiction. Uh, nonetheless, just for time reasons, I have to go to a break, so I must leave it there. But for now, thank you. Uh, that's Labour MP Barry Gardner. Thank you very much for your time. Hello there. Welcome back to Jubes & Co. with me, Michelle Jubery. Uh, keeping me company until 7 o'clock tonight, my panel, former MEP Baroness Jacqueline Foster, the Labour councillor Pamana Assad, and the journalist Benedict Spence. Pamana. Yeah. So Barry Gardner uh, was just there, uh, doing very well, I have to say, avoiding some of my questions. And people are furious. They're saying, Michelle, why didn't you ask him about uh, the Chinese? That's what you should have asked him about. Do you honestly think um, that the Labour Party, as it currently stands, you've got a, MP, a leader that is uh, under investigation by the police, you've got a party that seemed to be in utter contradiction, you've got Barry Gardner saying, I'm proud to be on picket lines, you've got Keir Starmer saying, don't be on picket lines, you've got a party who your leaders can't or won't even define what a woman is, and yet this is what you're putting forward as a credible alternative to what's going on now. 
So I think every party has its own internal issues, oh. um, and I don't think this is about. <laughs> the You're telling us. <laughs> this is not about the Labour Party. This is oh. about a party that's in power and has been in power no, my for nearly forty. To you no, about the Labour Party. No, I understand, and I'm coming to that. Hold on. Oh, good. We. we I think we this isn't the about the Labour Party. This is about a party that's been in power and has been in power for nearly fourteen years. This is about a party that has eighty-seat majority. This is not about Keir Starmer. This is not about no, my him. Questions, <clears throat> but let, let me about, let me just come. Well, you're let me, a if you just different question. no, but if you let me, if you let me finish, is this going to be a short story? No, no. Keir Starmer said he'd resign if he was fined for for whatever thing that he's done wrong. But let why, me just say, if you want to compare Keir Starmer, no, no, because no, you need to be clear no, on what it, you're saying. Why he, did he say he would resign if he got an FPN? Why? He didn't because say... Because he has integrity and... I, yes, I have to no. say, I think I we're all being very slightly unfair to Pamana because there isn't going to be a general election. This but is that we, 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 like... we don't have a presidential system in this country. It's a party-based system. And we voted for the Conservative Party in this country and they have a majority and they will still have a majority whatever happens slide, to Boris Johnson. I, I know, but Here's still. No, this Thank is a you crucial. for coming <laughs> saying that. This is a crucial this, point. No, it is a crucial no, point. Pamana, but just that's stop, the difference. Stop, stop, stop. No, no, no. Because every time I've come on this show, this is what you've brought up. And no, no, no. Can you just let me finish. Well, there is a difference well, between Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson appointed someone who was accused of sexual harassment to a ministerial job. Keir, Keir Starmer has not done that. Keir, there is huge differences between Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson. At least Keir Starmer has the integrity to say that he would resign if he was fined. He uh, has the integrity to say, Boris Johnson did not even say that. He has gone through every single crisis, everything, every single scandal and still said, I'm holding on to power. I'm still going to be in this, right, season, just breathe, in this position. I need to tell you why you're no, wrong. <laughs> I need to tell you why you're wrong, and it's very <laughs> simple. Keir Starmer was very smart with his words, a very smart man. What he said was, if I get a fixed uh, penalty notice, I will resign. He said that with confidence because he knows the policy of Durham Police is not to issue retrospective fixed penalty notices. If why did the Prime Minister get one then? Because it was a different police force. Surely it was a different police force. I do know the difference, but I'm just saying, if How there was a crime committed, why, why wouldn't they issue, a, issue an Boris, Boris Johnson is hanging by a thread and we're talking about Keir Starmer, a man who no, isn't Prime exactly. Minister, won't Thank be Prime Minister much. tomorrow Look, and will not be Prime Minister in three years' time. I am going to have a little pokey Boris Johnson is not going to resign. That's for sure. I'm happy here to be a Conservative and be absolutely grilled and defend my party or, or do whatever. But equally, if you come on here or a panel or you stand up in Parliament, if you are also a, a politician elected, whether you're a councillor, you are still here also to, to be able to and put I'm proud your points to represent, forward. And I'm proud to represent my party. They I, think my party has, right. I think my party has integrity. Order. That it is it. Look at the time, everyone. It's almost seven o'clock, which means it's almost time for Nigel. Theresa, I'm going to end with your thoughts. She's at home. She says to me, nothing Boris could do would lose my support. He is the only man for the job. Madness. And there is no worthy replacement. Pimana says that is madness. I'll leave you to decide which one's right. Have a fantastic evening. Thank you to my panel. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Jubes & Co. The Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you will never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed it, leave us a nice comment. I'll see you next time.